we are on the air with uh, Latifa. Um, can you introduce yourself to everybody who may otherwise not know you? Okay, so thank you, Nathan, for the opportunity. My name is uh, Latifa Alwalin, like Queen Latifa. Uh, <laughs> and, um, so basically, uh, my journey into entrepreneurship started at an early age. Um, I wanted badly to be uh, in business, in trade, in selling, in all of that. Uh, and growing up in Saudi in that time uh, where, I mean, that wasn't typical route for a Saudi girl. Uh, and it made me crazy. And I'm like, uh, I want to do this. I started the first company at the age of 16. Uh, back then, number of internet users were يعني, even below like, 1,000 in Saudi. So wow. obviously, failed. Um, but I learned a lot from that experience. And, um, and I decided to go into computer science, did that as bachelor, and then joined the, uh, worked in the private sector uh, in, a, in IT banking and learned a lot in the corporate, um, يعني, in that type of corporate level, you get exposure into many systems, uh, processes. Um, I loved it, but to a certain point, and then I, I was fed up because <laughs> I wanted to, let's say, uh, achieve my own uh, goals. Uh, I didn't want to work hard to achieve someone else's goal, let's say. Uh, and which drove me um, to let's and I mean on coincidence I, I started my I got acceptance back then uh, into um, a special program at the University of Washington in Seattle to do on my MBA um, while starting my own company um, and I wanted to make Arabic coffee very easy and Nathan I don't know if you've been, I'm, I'm sure you've been to the Middle East and, and you came across, you know, the, the blonde coffee that's being served in a curvy pot. It's the number one coffee being consumed, especially in Saudi and the GCC region. But back then it was really hard to prepare. It takes a lot of time, um, needs a lot of ingredients, 30 minutes on minimum, you needed equipment, kitchen and so on and which is contrary to enjoying a cup of coffee in the US or anywhere in the world, you just instant or having machines that have been, let's say, invented back in the 50s of the, the previous century. So I decided to make Arabic coffee easy and that quest took me two and a half years from idea to until mass production. Um, I patented the idea and then took the route into uh, mass producing a coffee machine that turns up the process into making really good coffee at seven minutes consistently every time. Wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't just the coffee machine, but as well as uh, solving the ingredient problem by uh, producing and manufacturing ready-made Arabic coffee blends. And I, I I, I remember, so I, sp I actually spent a semester in Jordan when I was uh, in college and tasting coffee from the Middle East is a very, it's, it's almost like a completely different drink than what we get in the States. It has a lot of flavors to it that it was just like, oh, I, I didn't know this was possible. 
Yeah, I mean, I get you because, you know, in the States, people socialize over beer, over wine, over, you know, this type. And in, I mean, in, in our part of the world, they socialize over coffee. So it's basically this, it's part of the social uh, dynamic of any meeting or any uh, family gathering or a big wedding. So it's always served. What, 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 and what was mind-boggling that making a pot takes such a long time and it, every time it's a different taste. So I wanted consistency. Anyhow, um, so by the time the, the machine hit the market, uh, I was approached by uh, in the Endeavor Saudi team um, and asking me to, to join. And, I, and, and back then I really didn't understand what Endeavor was. But coming from the experience in the business school and, and having experience in pitching, in business competitions and stuff like that, I mean, it wasn't, it was just an easy thing to do in terms of pitching. So I was used to pitching, <laughs> but definitely writing the profile and putting things together was, was, was eye-opening experience. How so? Uh, in the sense that it put, I mean, Putting things in perspective and uh, the storytelling part of the profile, if you're not a, a, an entrepreneur that's seeking investor, investors and investment, uh, doing that exercise actually opens up your eyes because, I mean, if, you, if you're a VC, uh, on track for VC investment, most probably you've, you've already done that. But if you are more of a company that's bank financing or self-financing, then it's different. Um, and in Yatuq, I never received investment. It was seeded by, uh, let's say, any personal savings and a little uh, um, money from the from um, from the family. I borrowed it, and that's it. And and then the cycle started, and I could get fi bank financing. Uh, I never I never needed uh, outside investment. Um, so in 2014, I joined Endeavor as an entrepreneur and fast forward the, the four years later. So I scaled the company. We, we sell thousands of machines across the world. Um, we scaled the factory as well, um, distribution. So now when you walk into a electronic retailer or you walk into a, a big, a big retail chain in terms of supermarket, you will find our product. Um, uh, so and 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 that at that at, at that 2018, I reached a point where the companies uh, is can easily operate without me. Uh, and um, I mean, I couldn't, I didn't foresee more scale to it. So I just so and by that time, I got the the email from. Um, Fernando uh, saying, Latifa, why don't you uh, join Endeavor as an MD? All right, so there's a lot to discuss here. And I wanna, I'm really curious about that transition from Endeavor Entrepreneur to Endeavor um, Managing Director. It's such a unique story to tell, but I would love to actually focus a little bit more on the selection process and, and after you were selected. I'm curious during the selection process, do, do you remember like who your panelists were? Was there any standouts in terms of like who actually like really helped you? Who gave you like the, the worst advice? Who gave you the best advice? 
يعني نيثن اتس فاني اي واز كلينينج اب يو نو دورينج كوفيد يو فورس اي اكشلي فاوند ذا نوت باد ذات اي روت ماي نوتس ان دورينج And it was, uh, and, and, and because it was hosted in Berkeley's in New York, and actually it has the Berkeley's uh, logo. <laughs> and then just reading the notes, the advice that I took from the, the, um, the panelists, I mean, it was spot on, most really? of it. And looking back, it was truly يعني, uh, value add. Now, The, the, the really nice story is that I used, do you know the, the feeling when, when you meet a pop star that you always listen to and follow and stuff like that? So for an entrepreneur, the, the Michael Jacksons of the world are actually <laughs> other entrepreneurs, okay? And I remember since I was, you know, I don't know, in college, I guess, or uh, since Twitter started, I, I've been um, uh, the AOL founder. Um, Steve Case. Yes. And I used to follow him and I, uh, while I was still in, in, in grad school and after that. And then when I got the binder, and back then binders were printed. It's not, you don't receive it on email, it's actually printed. And when I received it, I'm like, oh, wow, this is, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna meet uh, Steve Case. <laughs> it's like, forget getting into Endeavor. <laughs> And I was like running, when we got to the networking part, I think it was uh, the welcoming reception or the welcoming dinner. And he was at the, Uh, end corner of the restaurant that host the, the we did there <laughs> and i remember linda was was uh, she she i mean she made the joke about it it's like uh, hunting your uh, your your panelists or uh, your mentors but but and it truly it wasn't for me just because i wanted to be selected i was truly looking forward to meet him i couldn't believe the opportunity so here's here's a follow-up question Uh, did he give the best advice? Since sometimes the biggest names doesn't necessarily correlate to the best advice. Um, so I'm curious, or maybe not, if you don't want to call it specific names, but like, who were the people that gave you like the best advice? Was there any pattern from like the type of person they were or the type of background? Um, I really loved, I mean, uh, I can't really tell who gave what advice. I mean, yeah. looking on the notepad I couldn't tell which which, which came from whom yeah. but I'll tell you one thing and uh, one of the panelists was Josh Silverman he was um, back then CEO of American Express and now and at the, you had a rock star panel Steve Case and Josh Silverman holy cow and and yani Josh actually made the effort to introduce me after the, the ISP to the marketing vice president of Body Bath and Beyond. Wow. And he was a lady and she actually, like we, we talked for an hour, an hour and so uh, after the, and back then we talked on the phone and we didn't have Zoom. <laughs> Just thinking about it, wow. يعني, and she actually 
the, the advice she gave me from that call, I took it on to implement three, two, four years later. I mean, because that, again, but the bed, bath, and beyond of the world are where my, my machines will typically be distributed. Yep. So she was talking about shelf placement, about negotiating with the retailers, about activation in store, and we grew a lot into it. Now, back then, Nathan, uh, not, not a lot of, uh, we kick-started YouTube selling online, but eventually, most of our sales come from retailers. Uh, contrary, I guess, to, or different to what would happen like nowadays. So that advice was really uh, powerful. I also had one of the Globound founders. Wow. And um, um, I, I believe they were at the same time IPOing a NASDAQ, or they just wow. IPOed a few days ago, or something like that. So, yeah, <laughs> incredible, incredible. Um, and, um, uh, it, and I remember part of the advice was the importance of creating barriers to entry. And, and, um, and again, Nathan, uh, what I think what helped me, uh, uh, I mean, what was interesting is that you're coming to a panel with a very localized product, meaning that you would think that a panel like this will not understand what Arabic coffee means and what's the value proposition or what's the, what's mm. the, so it was, it's, it was really important and to, ho to hone in the pitch to make, to make it relevant. Yeah. Uh, and, and make the analogies for them to understand the potential. Was there anything that either your selection mentors, your ISP mentors, or just like post-selection mentors did not get? Was there anything that you found that there was just like a distance or a gap of understanding? Um, 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 I feel, um, um, I, 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 I think it went really well. And I think they also really connected with the fact that I'm a woman and that I'm from Saudi. Yeah. And you need, you, I mean, and alhamdulillah, things are, are much, much better now in terms of yeah. the ecosystem and how it's enabling women and so, stuff like that. But, but yani, even when I was starting out, it was tough. It was, yeah. It's not not the norm uh, and uh, so I was fortunate uh, and that's the upside sometimes I always say that to female or women entrepreneurs or wanting to be entrepreneurs that actually it can work in, in, in your favor because there is not a lot of female entrepreneurs and when they when and when you find them the, the ecosystem tends to celebrate them welcome them. And if you have the right mentors and network around you, it can really quadruple your, your, your growth. That's fantastic. Um, so now we're, you mentioned that in 2018, Fernando who was the president of Endeavor at the time approaches you and says, Hey, what about this managing director gig? What was your reaction? Yeah. So there's the, uh, Actually, before that, we had Nico visit Saudi because uh, there was a gap that the Saudi office did not have an MD. And I, I met Nico, and I guess he, he, the recommend, uh, recommendation came through him because, but I mean, it was a surprise. And it never, I never thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you tell me, Nico, what do you think the next 
thing you're going to do, it would never come across my mind. I mean, because I haven't been working like in a job level uh, for, a, for almost 15 years. Wow. Yeah, I mean, wow. Uh, <laughs> but, but again, I mean, it, it came at a very, in, in terms of timing, very, uh, to, it came at a, the right timing in the sense that, I mean, you've, you've, you've worked in, in, in the private sector, you've, you've uh, I mean, managed companies and then you help create companies and, and, uh, and then you reach a point where it would, you, I, I think it's a fortune if you can find a role where you can give back. Mm. And uh, and help, let's say, touch and يعني, uh, help more entrepreneurs uh, leverage opportunities and get access to more opportunities to grow. Um, the, the the give back component was a huge added value, and I remember my husband and even my dad when I consulted with them. They're like, there is not an occasion where you've went to an endeavor thing and you did not come back recharged. <laughs> you always come back super happy with a super positive and recharged. But I think it's going to be a really nice environment to work uh, in. That's fantastic. Absolutely. And, 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 I, and, and, I, and I, I, I just, I said yes quickly. <laughs> I think <laughs> easiest, I, mean, I even, I, I remember I, and I was talking to Fernando as well and, and Rami and, and I will need two months until at least I fully can focus on, you know, with Endeavor. I mean, minimum two months yeah. so that hand over, uh, make sure things can go smoothly in Etiopia. And, and also back then, um, uh, I co-founded I co- I co- another company called Aron, which does vending machines. Um, but then at that company, I had a co-founder, so it, they didn't need me to be there all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. Wow. So now, looking back, what do you think is the biggest misconception that our Endeavor entrepreneurs have about Endeavor? Since you've seen both sides, so what did you not appreciate or you didn't get or you didn't understand when you were, were an Endeavor entrepreneur? Um, yeah, he, uh, as much as local teams try to be proactive in understanding what you're going through as an entrepreneur, um, you also need to take the initiative from your side as well. And mm-hmm. Endeavor is there for anybody to leverage. And if you're not there, if, if you don't take advantage of it, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah. But and again, the challenge as well as an entrepreneur, you're scaling the company is you have this bandwidth and you want to make sure you maximize, you maximize it to your, to, I mean, I understand when an entrepreneur is super busy, it's like, I don't want to, to do something else, let me focus on working. So taking the time to step back and do something like the selection process or being engaged in, um, in those events or doing an advisory board and stuff like that, um, it really needs to align uh, with, your, uh, with your business needs. Yep. 
And then what about the flip side? What is the biggest misconception that you find Endeavor staff that we may have about the Endeavor entrepreneur experience and the way they approach things? Sometimes you can easily, well, two things. One is you can easily misunderstand an entrepreneur not replying or getting back to you as that you are not important, hmm. which, is, which, is, which is, I mean, I, I, mean, I always say don't take it personally. يعني always يعني it's it's um, يعني um, not all it's natural if they if they are super uh, free then that's a question mark <laughs> if they're busy that means they're killing the company to to a certain extent of course you want you want the entrepreneur to have the bandwidth to to, do, to think strategic and not always be buried in operation otherwise he, most probably he won't scale. Uh, so it's a balance, but I always say that um, to my, my team, and, and, um, and understand how the entrepreneur communicates. Some of them won't answer uh, an email. I remember, as, as it, I never looked at emails. I never had a calendar as well. It's a thing, it's a, <laughs> you, <laughs> I never had a calendar. يعني I, 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 a calendar in the sense I use a Google calendar. No, يعني I, I know I have a calendar, but I don't check it every day. The dynamic of how you're building a, a factory or doing, it's different yeah. when you're in the market. So not necessarily they operate like you. So if, if she doesn't read email, if she doesn't uh, check her calendar, then how she responds, maybe it's the best way to use WhatsApp. Maybe the, the best way is to give her a call. And if she يعني, understand how the entrepreneur best communicates and accommodate for it. Yeah. And then you, you won't succeed unless you build a, a trust relationship with them. They need to, to you, and it, it builds with time. And then I guess that's also known. Uh, the other misconception uh, is that um, not everything you do will add value. So make sure that يعني, again, um, priorities change and shift quickly. Hmm. And sometimes if you had a meeting two months ago and he said, I need to hire X most, and, and, uh, and maybe the, he either hired the, 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 filled the position or the position is no longer a priority anymore and he has something else. So make sure that you are aligned. Not everything you will do will add value. So just taking the taking a step back and asking the entrepreneurs um, uh, whether they're happy or not, uh, what can we do better, um, is also uh, critical. So um, now that you've kind of spoken to the biggest misconception from the entrepreneur side and the endeavor side, is there anything that because you have uh, foot in both worlds and, and you're able to see both sides. Is there anything intentional that you've done as MD of uh, the Saudi office that you said, okay, I know what it's like, so we're going to specifically do X or do Y that you think maybe other offices who don't have that experience um, that, that you can share with them? Yeah, Nathan, I remember the first thing I wanted to do when I, when I became MD is to build relationships in the sense that 
I, I felt entrepreneur, and maybe that's different in other offices, but in Saudi, I felt there wasn't enough body relationships between the Endeavor entrepreneurs and the, the, and the mentors and the board. Mm. Like, not have enough opportunities to interact together and build relationships so we we didn't have there is opportunity to grow this family peer network and uh, so that one of the things that we kept doing was doing what we call majlis majlis endeavor and where we meet minimum uh, so we had two two things two ways so alhamdulillah i can say that we alhamdulillah we had very high engagement from all the different stakeholders uh, we had the majlis which we did every three months which is big and it included the board it included mentors it included entrepreneurs and and some of the ecosystem as well we did three times or four times a year and then between that we had small gathering uh, between the entrepreneurs so each time one entrepreneur will will invite us will for dinner these small things helped this bodybuilding, uh, not body, like body. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining a lot of really ripped people doing bench yeah. pressing in the middle of a conference. So, yeah, you want that. Uh, you want them to feel like a part of um, So that's, that's uh, alhamdulillah, I think. So it, and it translates to engagement. So the closer you are to the entrepreneurs, yeah. Um, and it's not easy to maintain, by the way. And you need to be uh, really, yeah, to have good engagement. You need to build. It's all about endeavor. Is all about relationships. Fantastic. Um, well, on that note, um, I'd love to kind of finish the podcast with the final question, which is, what is your favorite endeavor value and why? <laughs> Um, well, um, I really love the whole idea of the Endeavor Values, and I also like the, the STAR methodology. I mean, that's <laughs> uh, the ulterior motive for the podcast series. Exactly. Um, I like the entrepreneur first one. And I like the think big one. <laughs> and I like the trust. <laughs> you can't say all of them. <laughs> all of them, yeah, it makes sense. What's, what's the one that you find um, either kind of like framing how you act or that you find kind of like repeating to your team the most? Is there anyone that just kind of stands out? Uh, entrepreneur first, then think big. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, with that, um, this concludes our podcast with Latifa Al-Wadhan. Uh, thank you so much for your time. This was really, really interesting. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how everybody else reacts. Absolutely happy. And uh, thank you, Nathan, for making this new initiative and <laughs> the engagement. And I hope uh, you have an interesting story to tell. Very much.